done. Now we can get down to business. <laughs> All right. All right. Very good. So good to see everybody. Again, trust you've had a great day and trust the Lord is taking care of you and you and your family are staying safe and you are continuing to stay close to the Lord during this time. And we're going to see the Lord do wonderful things here. And we're real thankful. I want to share a, a good thing with you is on Sunday, we had our first drive-in service. And I understand everybody might not be able to come out to the drive-in service. I totally understand that. And you may not feel safe or, or not able, and I don't hold that against you in any sort of way. I totally understand. But we did have a good drive-in service. I know we had a few hiccups and bugs we're going to work out here this Sunday, and that's how you learn. You just try and do the best you can and kind of adjust your sales here and there. But it was uh, great because we had the service, had beautiful weather. The wind was blowing a little bit, so I had a little issue with that. But for the most part, we had a good number. I think Guy counted uh, 22 to 24 cars. We also live-streamed it through Facebook, and evidently out of curiosity that the last time I checked, that video has had probably over a 1,000 views, so that's good. And uh, we praise the Lord for this, and we're going to have it again this Sunday, Lord willing, with the uh, weather permitting, of course. If not, we'll do a live stream like this. And so we're streaming tonight, Facebook, YouTube, website. Well, anyway, you've probably been hearing some music in the background, and so I've got one of my good friends here. He's about the only guy I know of that when he shows up for choir practice or shows up at church or any event in the church, people people um, are really excited, and they'll cheer for him. All right, so that probably gave it away who's uh, got some good music tonight. Of course, I'm, we're not going to sing, but one of the things that I have uh, missed so much I don't know about you, but I've really missed the hymns. I've just mean, missed singing the old hymns that we're able to sing and really cling to a lot of those during this time. In fact, the other day on the computer, I was just looking up hymns and listening to them and remembering the words that they have and so forth. Very comforting, very comforting during this time. But we miss those things, but we'll have them back again. In the meantime, imagine what will be what church will be like when we all get back. And Pastor Toller's learned all this technology stuff, and we implement all that, and all the strides we've taken through technology, and all the things we've learned through this. We're going to come back stronger, church, and we're going to come back uh, ready and appreciative, and and the Lord may even send a great, wonderful revival through our church and land. So with that being said, I'm not going to keep you long tonight. I want to promise you that. Just, uh, But I do want to turn this over to, I've got uh, Raymond Surratt with us. He's no stranger. And he come over. I said, Raymond, how about you join me on the live stream? And so uh, although me and him are not going to sing, we could, but we're not. Maybe some other time. I've asked him to just uh, play. You can play two or three uh, hymns here uh, through for us. Uh, Raymond, and let me get you in position. Me and Raymond went to Taco Bell before we got started here. Yeah, us preachers got to have our nourishment. All right. So let me uh, turn this so you can see Raymond over here, been playing in the background. And so I'm going to move my microphone so you can hear him. And uh, Raymond, you you go right ahead, buddy.
All right, very good, Raymond. How about uh, playing us another one? Thank you, Raymond. Appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I just invited Raymond over here tonight to uh, encourage him. Let me bring the levels on the sound down just a little bit. I don't want to blow you out, but don't you appreciate uh, Raymond and uh, appreciate him coming over to sing, uh, well, not sing, but to play for us and using his uh, talent uh, for the Lord at this time. And so we're thankful for that. And we're glad you're a part of this uh, tonight. We all need to use our talents for the Lord during this time the very best uh, that we can. And if you would tonight, of course, I don't want to keep you long. And I know, there you go. Yeah, they're naming them now, Raymond. Amazing Grace, Nothing But the Blood. So these old uh, hymns, we appreciate them and love them. And they really speak a lot to us uh, during these these times. All right, so what we're going to do now is get into our Bible study. I want to try to be brief. I know I don't have to, but I'm, I just feel I need to uh, tonight. And so what I want to do is uh, share my screen a little bit, and I want you to find your Bibles. And what we'll do is we'll look over here. We want to go to, I use this program called Blue Letter Bible, and I'm going to look up the verses uh, for tonight, which take you over to Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. These are very familiar portion of Scripture. Well, actually, Acts 2.41, we're pretty uh, familiar with these things and these verses. And the reason I want to share this with you is because right now what I see happening among many other things is the fact that we have, as a church, we have been reduced, reduced, now not in a bad way, but we've been reduced to the simplest form. So that's what I want to talk to you about tonight is the church in its simplicity. And, you know, the Bible says there's simplicity in Christ and the gospel is not hard to understand. The Bible, in fact, is not hard to understand. Salvation, not hard to understand. But sometimes life really gets complicated and so forth. And this has really been on my heart. I know last week we were talking about the year of Jubilee, and I'll come back to that later. That's a pretty heavy study. But I just want to call a time out now and just talk to you about how the church has been reduced at this time to the simplest form. And what it's done, church, is it showed us what's really important. See, a lot of things that we do, a lot of the activities uh, that we do, the Actions that we do sometimes, they're not very productive. 
And what God has uh, is showing us right now is what's really important. And as long as we have these four key elements that I'm going to share with you tonight, these qualities that the early church had, then we're going to be okay. As these are things that we need and things uh, that will sustain us and so forth. And so this is really just a simple thought that I want to lay upon your heart tonight. And and God has uh, shown me and I'm sure you many things through this uh, crisis and uh, spoke to our hearts and and so forth. But really what has happened is my mind goes back to that early church. Now let me give you a little, set this up a little bit for you. You remember in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you had the Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, it's only mentioned in Matthew's Gospel when he said to at Caesarea, Caesarea Philippi, I'll say it right in a minute, Caesarea Philippi, Simon Peter, he said unto him that upon this rock, Petros, little rock, little pebble, if you will, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Well, people have thought well through history that the devil or evil dictators or God-haters or people who just hate Christianity would stamp out Christianity, but all it's done is spread the gospel further because the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so that is the first time the word church, which means ecclesia, called out assembly, is ever uttered in all of Scripture when Jesus said, Upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We only see the word church found two other times as you flip two chapters, Matthew chapter 18, when it's talking about church discipline. In fact, the word church is not found in Matthew, uh, in Mark, Luke, or John. Of course, the concept is still there, but it's found in Mark, uh, Matthew's gospel. But then when we get into the only historical book in the New Testament, we have a wonderful thing that's happened. The Lord Jesus, we know in Acts 1-8, he is his ascension. So we have his death, his burial, and his resurrection. A couple weeks ago on Easter Sunday, I shared with you concerning the Lord Jesus' burial. We kind of brush over that. Well, there's another area that is important in the gospel, too, is his ascension. You know, the 40 days that he was he's lingered and so forth in his glorified body. And then he ascended from the Mount of Olives in which he will return in Acts 1.8. And when he was ascended into heaven, then in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, did uh, Pentecost uh, mean, mean in 50? And on Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, we know that for the first time in all of history, were they filled with the Holy Spirit of God when the Holy Spirit of God would indwell the believer in Acts chapter number 2. And what that resulted in is in Simon Peter's sermon that he preaches in Acts chapter number 2 on the day of Pentecost and how wonderful a sermon it was and all those of different dialects and languages heard, the Bible says, in their own language. And through that process, there were those who, in any any event, when you share the gospel, there's going to be those who I say believe and receive and those who doubt and go without. There's going to be deniers, but there's also going to be people who are who are believers. And that's what happens here, which results in what? It results in the first church, which is the church at Jerusalem. That's the first church in all of Scripture that is organized. And we see in Acts 2.41 here, if I, I show it to you, it says right here, then they, this is a three parts, and this is where we get the concept of the steps that we ought to take in Christianity. I'm going to show that to you in a minute. It says, then they that gladly received his word were baptized. The same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. All right, so you see a three parts to this right now. Peter preaches, and the result of that, yes, there were those I'm, you know, that rejected, of course, but there were, there were those who gladly received his word. So number one, that's the first step in the Christian life is a person needs to be saved. You're not going to get anywhere else 
in the Christian life until you are saved. You need to get saved first. You need to gladly receive his word and be gloriously saved. And that is the beginning of the Christian life. It's not the end. Some people got the idea that it is the end of the Christian life, but it's not. It's only the beginning of the Christian life. But you're not going to be the Christian, you know, you're not going to be a Christian at all, but you may try to live Christianity, but you're not going to be able to do that if you're if you're not saved. You got to be saved, friend. And it's so imperative that the Lord Jesus said, Marvel not that I say unto you, ye must be born again. Ye must be born again. It's a must. It's a have to. So they gladly received his word, and I'm glad one day I gladly received his word. I've never one time regretted it. I've never even thought about looking back when it comes to uh, changing my mind about salvation. Never regretted it. In fact, I've never met a person that said, I regret being saved. Never met a person that said that. And it says they were baptized. All right, this baptism didn't save them. It didn't add or subtract to their salvation, but it was the first act of obedience. Okay, so the second part is to be baptized, all right, not to add to your salvation, but an, a public profession of faith that you have accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And then it says here, in the same day, notice there is not much of a delay here. Some people drag stuff on. They'll get saved and say, well, I'll get baptized and, you know, a year from now. What are you waiting on, friend? Uh, study about that Ethiopian eunuch in, in, in Acts, what, Acts chapter number 8. Uh, he says, hey, here in his water, what doth hinder me to be baptized? He was ready to go. I like that. All right, so the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. So that's going to get us in the third thing, in the third step of the Christian life, and that's to be a member of a local Bible-believing church. Now, there are many good Bible-believing churches in our area that preach and teach the truth. And, uh, and of course, here at Faith, we believe we preach the truth of God's word, and we just share it as it's found. We show you in black and white and sometimes red, letter edition Bibles. And so you see, here's the steps. They were saved. Most of y'all know this, but many do not. Baptized, and they were became a member of a church. They were added, added. You see that in, uh, in there, uh, this word throughout the book of Acts, the concept that a person needs to be a member of a church and, and unite with a church and be a part of that church and to be loyal to that church. Well, let's look at the next thing. And this is now that we're in, we're talking about the church now. All right, you need those things down. But now let's talk about the simplest form of the church in its simplicity here. Notice what they've done. The Bible says, and they continued steadfastly. Now, here's the first one. In the apostles' doctrine, number one, fellowship, breaking of bread, and in prayers. And the Bible says, And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together, had all things common. And here's something else that comes into play they sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they, continuing daily in one accord in the temple and in breaking bread from house to house, did they eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with the people. So a couple things I want you to notice here is something we can be thankful for that you know, we can't we can't go in the building right now, which it wouldn't be wise to. You know, you don't have the choir loft, don't have a choir, don't have, a, you know, not able to play the piano. I guess we could and somehow through technology do that. No pews set in. <laughs> uh, no stained glass windows to look out of. No carpet, no AC, the heat. All those things that we say is the church and they're wonderful to have. Thank God for the those comforts. Thank God for the ability, you know, and all the comforts that we have in there, but we don't have them. And somebody said, well, 
you know, we don't have the church. Wait just a minute. Let's wait just a minute about, yes, we have a church because we have the simplest, it's been reduced. See, life gets so complicated. And one of the things as a pastor and being in the ministry that I notice a lot of times is we get so caught up in things we feel like that we have to do around the church that really doesn't make a difference one way or the other. And we spend so much time in doing those actions that we don't have time for true ministry. And that's one of the hard, one of the biggest challenges I've had in the ministry of the two churches I've pastored is without offending anybody, trying to show people that certain things really don't matter. Certain things, activities, uh, things we feel like we just have to do are really, at the end, they're nice. Yes, there's nothing really technically wrong with them, but if they take away from the key elements of the church, then that's not good for us. And so we all need to be careful and constantly evaluating. I mean, you need to evaluate your own personal life and to make sure that you don't get so clogged up with so many things that you do nothing well. And that's what I mean. We just feel like, hey, we got to have this and we got to have that. For example, like right now, you know, I remember years ago that on a, a Chris, uh, Sunday fell on, uh, let's see, Christmas fell on a Sunday. It does every so often. And I remember me and my wife, you know, it's like, all right, it's Christmas. We're just having the 11 o'clock service. And it, we uh, printed the bulletins. This was back when I was an assistant pastor, and my wife was a church secretary, and she'd make the bulletins. I thought, well, you know, we'll get in a little later today, and we can get everybody their church bulletin. And, you know, people, it's Christmas. It's Christmas. You should be so worried about a bulletin. But, boy, when we got there, I thought it was the end of the world. It really wasn't, but you would have thought it, because give me my bulletin. I got to have my church bulletin. What am I going to do with my bulletin? Uh and I thought, wow, that's, you know, that's not really why we're here. I mean, these things are nice, but they're really unnecessary in a way uh, when it comes down to being what really matters. And that's really where we are. Now, when we get back, you, we're still going to have a bulletin. <laughs> we're still going to turn the air and heat on. Don't worry about that. But what I'm saying is we've we've been, redu God's reduced us to the simplest form of the things that really are all uh, that that we need. So let me look a couple things right here and show you the things that they had. It says they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. So that's going to be the first thing. The apostles were the leaders. So the first thing that I would say that we can be thankful of, that we've been reduced to the simplest form, that thank God our church and other churches, we have leadership. Thank God for leadership. Leadership through the Holy Spirit to guide and lead the 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 sheep that we have a shepherd. I know of uh, several churches right now because uh, men. I knew some men that were getting ready to re resign their churches right before the pandemic. I'm not really sure how all that panned out and w worked out for them, but you know some churches right now are without a shepherd. They're without leadership, so they had the leadership because the Bible says they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. And they were still taught and still being preached to. They had men such as, you know, little uh, unknown preachers, right? Such as Simon Peter, the apostle, the disciple. Wow. I mean, imagine that. They had John. They had Barnabas, the son of consolation, the son of encouragement, exhortation. They had James, uh, which was found in Acts chapter number 15. You remember he stood up there. So we're talking about men who were strong in, in leadership and just and just kept going. And so we ha we can be thankful for that, that we have uh, people that are keeping things going. You know, some are having drive-in services. Some are having online services. Some pastors uh, are not able to have services at all. I've talked to some of them. They don't have any of the Internet capabilities or any of the know-how, and they're not even able to do the drive-in service. And, you know, I'm not criticizing them. I, I feel I feel for them. But thank God that we, you know, we have we have leadership. And so we have what we need there, someone to teach the word of God. And we're blessed at Faith Baptist that we have others, not just including me, the pastor, but we have others that can preach to us and teach us as well. If I was sick or out, we got people that can fill in for us. And so we got those who know the word of God 
And so we have the apostles' doctrine, which means that we have the, the apostles' doctrine is going to be teaching the Word of God. So we have the Word of God. The second thing I want you to notice, and this is a key element, really, we've all been missing. I've missed this because it's not the same, but we still have it to a sense, and that is fellowship. Fellowship is so important in the Christian life. That's the reason the Lord Jesus gave us a church that we can get together. Now, God doesn't need the church. God was doing fine a long time ago, (laughs) and he he doesn't need the church. The church is not there for God's benefit. It's for our benefit in being there and because God doesn't need it. But we sure need it. I need it. I love the fellowship. It's, it's an encouraging. It's energizing to me when you know you had a tough week and you come in a midweek service on a Wednesday night and you see the, the nice, wonderful, uh, smiling faces that you see on uh, there in the uh, service and those who will encourage you and just, hey, the, hey glad to see you. Uh, and that is something that we've really been missing. That's the reason I want to do it, a drive-in service. It's a little bit more trouble to do that, but so we could see one another and really help the morale and things like that. So fellowship, and we still have this fellowship. We have other ways and means that we can Reach one another, talk to one another. We got text, Facebook, Facebook Messenger. I mean, we can call somebody. Does, do people still make phone calls now? <laughs> you can call someone. Uh, there's, you know, all these different ways. I mean, yesterday, I really enjoyed myself. It's the first time I've done this, but I had a Zoom call with uh, Junior Haley, has a Bible study group, and they wanted me to teach on what the Bible says concerning about debt. And so I enjoyed studying about that. I, I enjoyed teaching on that. And although we were just pictures on a little square screen, look like the Brady Bunch on there, that we were able to fellowship and talk about the Word of God. I know it's not the same. Don't get me wrong. But still, what, what we're talking about those things that are just the simplistic things. They, we got we we could say, well, we don't have we can't go in the gym and we can't have Sunday school, but we we have the Word of God, and we have leadership, and we have fellowship uh, one with another. The Bible says in Acts 2, 44, and all that believed were together and had all things common. And so you see the the fellowship there. The next one is is a a real good one, too. Now, without this one, we we wouldn't have a church to go back into. If it wasn't for this one, this one is so important. I know that there are the uh, you folks at Faith Baptist have been taught down through the ages, and thank God for it. You know the importance of this next one. When it, and the Bible says in right here, they, it says the Bible says they sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every had every man had need. Now that brings us to the next one is uh, stewardship. Okay, stewardship. If, hey, you, we would not be able to have the things and the comforts that we have, and y'all understand this. It, y'all are good folk and been taught this. But, you know, people say, I don't like to talk about money. Well, the Bible talks about money, and it talks a lot about it. We don't have to emphasize it. But one of the greatest principles, which is something that I was never taught, it was caught. It was called. No one ever, ever, ever came to me and said, you need to give a tenth of your income. No, I read it in the Word of God. I heard preaching and teaching on it, and I started giving, uh, tithing, and giving to missions and so forth, and no one's ever had to come to me and tell me and remind me to tithe and give and, and that type of thing. Uh, that I understand that. From a spiritual standpoint, the Bible teaches that. Some people say, well, I don't believe in tithing. I believe in New Testament giving. I like you because that means you believe in giving more than 10%. So I'm okay with that too. So stewardship has to do with being a good steward of what God's given us. And you say, how can I live on 90% if I get God 10%? Well, if you... 
God takes the 90%. If you give God 10%, he takes the 90% and stretches it to 110% every single time. So that's an important element so that we may uh, help the missionaries, support the missionaries. We may have nice facility, and we all want nice things, don't we? And so stewardship is a nice uh, thing, and as long as we have that, that, that is one of the key elements, giving, giving. And being a good steward, letting God be a channel to give through us. I was listening yesterday to a fella named, uh, and some of you uh, ones that are older would remember this fella named Larry Burkett. That was one of the first ones that started talking about biblical finances years ago. And I like what he had to say, because I was listening to an old YouTube video yesterday of him teach on biblical giving. And he was talking about how you know God doesn't need our money God is, you know, God owns everything. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and he owns the hills too, but he wants us to be good good stewards of that. So that there's a couple things that we do. Not only that with stewardship, and it's not and, and you won't get out of balance with this either. There's ways that we uh show this, not just in giving in money, but being good stewards, number one, of our time. You know, God just doesn't want your money, he would like your time. Time to volunteer, time to work in the church, time to do things around the church or help people within the church. So that's one of them. And, oh, excuse me, you can't, I'm in the way. I didn't. Re- I just realized that. So let me fix, let me fix that right quick. I'm writing all over this thing and realize you can't um, move myself somewhere here, maybe in the upper corner. All right, let's try that. Now you can see the screen. Sorry about that. I was getting carried away. All right, so you got time. And then the next one is going to be your talent. Like Raymond, God's given him a talent. I mean, I watch him. I don't really know what he's doing with his fingers, but I'm glad God gave him the talent. He's using, uh, Raymond, your talent, you're using for the Lord. And he could be using it for other things, but he's using it for the Lord tonight. And... I'm trying to use the talents God's given me and understand technology and all these things here. And I want to give that to the Lord. And what is it that you could give to the Lord? Through your talent. And then the next one would be, of course, our treasure. All right. Which we mentioned that one already about being a steward. So it's not all about money. What about your time? What about you know the talents you have? What if I just gave my treasure? And a lot of people just do that. Say, well, I've tithed and I've done everything, but what about being a good steward of your time? And what about talents and things you can do for the church? So that's stewardship. And the last one that I want to show with, uh, show to you and go over with you is, let me click a few buttons here. All right, the next one I want to show you would be this one. Let's see if I got room. I'll make room somewhere. Let's go over here somewhere. The last one is going to be, and this is one we really, really need to, to work on. We, this one is one we really, really need to work on. And that's found in Acts 2.47, which I may do this. Let me clear my screen. I need to scroll down to verse uh, 47 here. And it says here, praising God and having favor with all the people. All right, it says they was going, you know, breaking bread from house to house because the early church didn't have a building. They they traveled from house to house. They'd eat their meat with gladness, so they had fellowship. They had meals and also the breaking of bread. They met the Lord at the Lord's table. They continued daily, hey, with one accord, working together in the temple, breaking bread from house to house. But then right here, it says praising God and having favor with all the people. The Lord added, he added, the Lord added. Did you see that? Preacher, how are we going to grow the church? Right here. <laughs> I mean, I know there's a lot of practical things about that. Understand me. People say, what are you going to do to grow the church? Right here, right here. The Lord, the Lord's going to do it. That's who's going to do it. Lord added to the church daily, daily, such as should be saved. So the, the last one I want to share with you is those who stuck with it, there was discipleship, okay? Discipleship. We could all work better on this one. This one's hard to do, 
one of the most difficult things that I have is discipleship. You say, preacher, you need to disciple people more. Well, you got you got to find people that are willing that to be discipled first. But the Bible says here, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily should, such as should be saved. <laughs> all right. So discipleship is when we we grow in the Lord, we're nurtured in the Lord, we become when we come to the point that we're growing and we're developing and we're constantly learning more and more and more and more, and we're growing in a good way. I've got people that. And they should say this to you in the in the Christianity in the realm. There's people that heard me preach when I first started out. There's preacher people that's heard me preach a couple years ago or even a year ago, and they say, "Preacher, you know, you getting you're getting a little better each time I hear you." Well, it's because I want to continually grow and and learn. Uh, some people I don't understand where they stay at the same point they were 50 years ago as a Christian. No, they ought to be learning, developing, growing in the Lord, and in the in the and continually improving through discipleship, being a pupil and a student of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's all I am. I'm just a disciple. I'm just a pupil. I'm just a learner. I'm just a follower, and that's what we all should be there. All right. So I'm going to switch back to this cam, my webcam, and I'm going to go over here and kind of look through. And what we want to do at this point is I want to go back and look and see who else has uh, jumped in here. And then what I want you to do right now is go ahead and start dropping some prayer requests. If you're on YouTube, I can see those too if you put them in the comments. You don't have to be real specific, but you can just say maybe have a special request. Uh, I'm going to go back through here and see if I missed any. I don't think I did. Uh, got a lot of comments here, uh, Raymond. They really... Enjoyed your playing tonight, and so got, uh, yeah, let's look on down through here. I know I got, all right, yeah, here's a prayer request. Uh, Chris knows to pray for my cousin Lee Young and his girlfriend and their children and families of both, yes, about uh, what we heard earlier concerning the uh, stabbing and so forth. So let's uh, definitely pray about this. And so we'll remember Lee Young being a transport out today. All right, and I got one from Gary Martin text me, said, pray for Sherry Johns, uh, Sherry Milligan. Uh, she fell in the tub, so we need to pray for uh, Sherry as well. And if you're listening on the website, you can uh, text them to me, and I will share them. All right, looking on down here. Hey, Margaret. Hey, there's Vicky. Here's your mom. <laughs> and uh, Linda. All right, Linda Butler there. And all right, Tanya. All right, appreciate that, Tanya. Yeah, pray for pray for Betty Hollinsworth. And I know she. I talked to her the other day. She was supposed to go today, wasn't it, Kathy? So let's pray for Miss Betty Betty Hollinsworth. Hope she found some relief. I know how that can be. Linda Butler says young children that. Uh, know the love they'll know the love of god uh pray for peyton he has some medical concerns so let's pray for uh peyton there and you keep commenting on facebook i'm gonna look over here on youtube right i don't see any on youtube there go back to facebook then if you'd like to uh, text me any you're welcome to do that All right, so we got much to be in prayer for. And I got my wife in the comments. She kind of helps me make sure things are coming out on the other end. I'll give you a few more minutes to share some prayer requests. Uh, Miss Garnet Hagee. Hey, Miss Garnet. Uh, it says, pray for Junior Light. He's in the hospital. Okay. All right. I call, uh, I call them your neighbors on Norton. <laughs> That's how I remember. Neighbors... I believe, I believe he's your neighbor. Neighbor's on Norton. I know there's a light lives out there by you. Okay. And we'll give you a few more minutes tonight. And while you're, while you're uh, commenting there, placing your prayer request, then I want to mention also that 
You may see me every once once in a while jump on live, maybe a little later in the evenings, which I've done that kind of a uh, impromptu moment the other night. It was Monday night. I, yeah, it was Monday night. I went live and and uh, just had something I wanted to share, and we had a real good participation participation in it. I can't talk tonight. And so we was able to have a Bible, kind of a, not a Bible study, more of a overview of the seven dooms of Revelation. And so I may do those. If you see me chime in another night or something like that, you're welcome to join in. Of course, if you don't understand, uh, you're not, you know, it's just something extra. All right. So uh, Guy Hilton says, pray for my family, special prayers for my niece by marriage. She is in UVA had a double lung transplant. Wow, wow. Definitely needs our prayers. And then Vicki Surratt, uh, pray for me in lung condition. Also the rest of the family's health, both mental and physical. Yes, let's remember these. And then Kathy Hilton, uh, pray for Jesse McGrady and his coworkers answering EMS calls. This is their jobs. Yes. Uh, pray for those that are going in and out of homes and they're brave enough and you know, volunteering to go in there. So we need to pray for those. They don't know what situations they're going in, but they just walk right in the middle of it and do their job. So we appreciate Jesse and the others, the EMS and so forth. And then Joe, yes, let's pray pray for your mom. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to look to the Lord in prayer. And I got a couple. I want to remind you about before we do that, give you another chance to chime in before we wind this up. But let's remember also our service on Sunday. I'll be getting with some of y'all about the music, and we're going to need to do a few things just to work out some bugs. It's no big deal, but I'll be getting with some fellas about that. Just a few little things that we can uh, improve on and we learn through experience. All right, so we'll get um, get that going on for for Sunday and look to have a good service. Trust the Lord we have uh, good weather. And then also we're going to stream it live again since we had such a uh, good reaction for that. And, you know, like I said, over a thousand views, probably a lot of people just curious or just seeing uh, curious of how we're doing things. And then also a couple other, couple other events, uh, live events I may be doing in the evenings. I'm kind of working on a way now that we could do some interactive gaming and stuff with uh, you know, people in the church. Because we got some people in our church. Praise the Lord, folks. Listen, we got some people in the church that are hungry for the Word. And we want to uh, you know, share it with them as much as we can. So probably what I will do is in the evenings, the weekdays. I may not be able to do it every weekday, but probably around past eight o'clock, maybe eight eight thirty, I'll do a live stream and kind of do a little Bible study for thirty minutes or so, or a discussion or something. Oh, oh, oh! Something else I want to mention. This is big. I don't want to miss this. So Sunday we got a drive-in service. We'll be live on Facebook, and then later I need to put them on YouTube. I can't stream from two places at the church. Um, I could, but. I can't do it and preach at the same time, too, like I do here at the house. But on Sunday, no, excuse me, Sunday we'll have the drive-in. Next Wednesday night, I'm going to be, we're going to be doing something a little different again because this, I love this. We get to experiment a little bit and do things different. I'm going to have Dr. Jerry Whitlow is going to join me, and we will be on the screen. So the screen will be half, and I'll be on one half, and he'll be on the other half. And we're going to have an open discussion about the second coming. And so we're going to be primarily talking about two things. We're going to talk about the rapture, which is the next thing on God's prophetic calendar. And then we're going to be discussing also about, um, be talking about, yeah, I'm looking at the comments. Sometimes I get distracted. But we're going to have a discussion on the rapture. And then also we're going to be doing the judgment seat of Christ as well. So we'll be kind of talking about that. Like I said, you'll both be able to see us at the same time. I figured out how to do that, and we're going to have a good time with it. So uh, you want to be sure to chime in on on that one and, and be involved in it. And something else, I hope people of the church are still listening, which I'll mention this again Sunday. I feel led 
to do this. All right, so listen up carefully. I know we're not in church right now. I know we can't have a business meeting and all those things, but I really feel impressed as the pastor, and it's just really something the Lord saying, David, you need to go ahead and take care of this, that what we need to do is take on uh, Dr. Jerry Whitlow and Dream and his wife as missionaries. We need to take them on as they're going to California to preach to the incarcerated. And so what we're going to do next Wednesday night, I'm going to mention this Sunday, and I can get some reaction from you, but I really want you to be praying about that. I know we're not in a place where I can see you and you can, you know, all in favor say aye, but we're going to find a way to take them on during this crisis and be a tremendous blessing to them because I'm telling you, I won't mention on here, but God's been good to us. God's been so good to us and sustaining us financially through this. I could share all kinds of blessings I want on this platform, but when we get back, I got some things to share with you that the Lord has been so good in that respect. So if you could, in the comments, you feel you want to see, uh, and you can just kind of give me some feedback and say, hey, preacher, yes, let's let's take take on that missionary. Take on uh, Dr. Whitlow and his uh, his mission, and uh, we'll do the, look to do that and kind of vote on that, so to speak, uh, next uh, Wednesday night. Uh, and so we'll host him, and at the end of that, we'll... On Facebook, we'll give some heart faces and all that when I ask you, say, we're going to take you on as a missionary, and then you can just flood flood with hearts. So let's practice on that right now. Float a bunch of hearts up there, all right, and and showing your love for the Whitlows and so forth, and you just uh, hit that under under this video and just hit a bunch of a uh, those uh, little, yeah, the hearts. Yeah, the love, and uh, show the love. There you go. All right, so let's see if there's any more prayer requests. All right, I got Linda. She chimed in on us. I'll give you a heart for that one. All right, so let's look to the Lord in prayer at this time. And as always, you know, give me some feedback on some things that we talked about. So let's let's pray together. Heavenly Father, as we come before you, we do thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. We do thank you for Calvary. We thank you that we serve a living, resurrected Savior. We're so thankful that we're able to meet in this venue and then this way, Lord, although unusual, but Lord, how you've pushed us, Lord, how you have encouraged us, and Lord, really put the fire under us when it comes to learning things and just finding innovative ways to share the gospel. And Lord, I'm encouraged through this crisis. Lord, I know there's a lot to be discouraged about, but I'm encouraged about how people have come together, how people are still, even though we're not able to go in the building, they're still wanting to hear the Word of God. And even those Monday night that joined me that Lord wasn't required to on an off night, who already had church on Sunday, but Lord, they were still hungry to hear the Word of God on a Monday evening late. And so we thank you so much for that. And Lord, we just pray that you'll light a fire under all of us in a good way, Lord, what we need, if there's anything that we need to repent of, make right with you. And Lord, that we'll just be, Lord, you'll just show us the peace right now and, and just comfort us and know that things are going to be all right. And that, Lord, when we come back and meet together, how much more appreciative we'll be to see one another and fellowship with one another and love one another and just be together. And Lord, even something as simple as just striking a, a key on the piano or just being able to open a hymnal after so long and sing them sweet hymns that sometimes we take for granted, or just to be able to sit near our families and, Lord, just be in that atmosphere of the church. May we come back and just be so appreciative, so overwhelmed with joy that, Lord, we may come in and worship you. And as you're high and lifted up, Lord, we will see a great sweeping of people being saved and new folks coming in and people being rejuvenated and, Lord, people reevaluating their lives and, Lord, making things right with you. And, Lord, we just thank you for all these things. We ask it in Jesus' name and all God's people said in the comments, amen. All right. God bless you, and we love y'all. We appreciate you, and we uh, thank you so much for... Uh, tuning in tonight 
And we will uh, we will talk to you soon, and we'll let you go right now. And we just trust that you just have a great evening. And uh, anyway, be sure to let be sure to let um, Raymond know that you appreciated him taking his time and coming over to play for us tonight on the live stream. But this time we're going to head out of here, and God bless you, and we will talk to you later now. Bye.